the Cambridge Marketing Podcast with Kiran Kapoor. Brought to you by Cambridge Marketing College. See their range of courses and apprenticeships at marketingcollege.com. Hello and welcome. This week we are going to be discussing marketing in the IT market. And I am joined by Kate Duggan, who is Chief Marketing Officer at Redgate. Kate, thank you very much for making the time to come on the show. Can we start by asking what Redgate does? Of course. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So um, Redgate is a software company. Um, Specifically, we create products and solutions that help IT professionals uh, to improve the way that they do database development. Um, Shall I tell you a bit more about uh, what that actually means? (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I mean, obviously, databases are used in every business. They're used to store and process information. And in some organizations, those databases can be really large and really complex. They might be housing, for instance, sensitive or business critical data. So what we do is we help the customers to resolve the challenges around managing and changing those databases. So that might mean helping them to code faster. It might mean helping them to make and deploy database changes without worrying about losing any of that critical data. Um, Or it might be just monitoring the servers where their data is housed to make sure that there's no downtime and and everything's performing as it should be. So so that I understand, you said software um, for IT professionals um, to develop their databases. So are you offering yeah. the database itself as in where it's stored or is it the way that you interact with the database? Yeah, it's the way that you interact. So one of um, our heritage really has been around the Microsoft SQL Server platform. So SQL Server is the database technology and our customers will be um, developing on that. And what we do is we help them with that development process. So maybe um, to bring it to life, if you imagine that um, as a consumer, you're making an online purchase, you're using a web application that a retailer's developed to capture your order details. You enter your address or your payment details on that website. It's going to be stored in a database connected to that application on a server like Microsoft SQL Server. So that retailer can process your order and communicate with you. If you want to change that web application to capture additional data from a customer, you're not just changing the application, you're then making a change to the database behind it. Um, maybe to create an additional column to store some new data. That's a really complex change because you have to make sure that you don't overwrite any data or expose any sensitive data, and you have to make sure that the application still performs as expected. So it's it's not the databases we um, provide, it's the, the, the tools and solutions to help you develop them um, safely, efficiently and securely. That's great. Thank you. That was very, that was very clear to a, a non-technical person like me. Um, so, can we talk a little bit about your customer bases? Because looking at your at your website, you seem to go from the very small customer to, the, to some really really huge ones. So, how how do the, what sort of segments do you look at? So, our, our addressable market is really broad because, of, as I mentioned, database is used in every business. But um, while there are small com- customers using our technology because it just helps them speed up or make their database development process more efficient, um, where we see most of our customer base more recently is in those larger organizations because they are so data heavy. So, verticals like finance or healthcare, technology, retail, in those kind of industries, companies commonly dealing with really large amounts of data. Um, like I, mean, I talked about retail earlier, but you can imagine in healthcare, um, a customer might be trying to maintain and store electronic medical records, patient information, um, diagnostic, diagnostic or test results. They all need to be stored and managed uh, securely and efficiently. And often that's critical data they can't afford to lose. 
Um, but they also want to innovate. So they don't want to be slowed down by the challenges data presents um, during that development process. So it's really in those kind of organizations, those really large organizations housing really critical data, um, that's where most of the benefit um, from our solutions comes in. Um, and within those organizations, you know, there's, there's probably a very large IT function, um, but there'll be a database team typically within that that we'll be working directly with. And when you're targeting um, new customers, for example, at what stage in their product usage do you, do you need to be? I mean, companies have databases and often they, they grow and then you need to change them. So is that the point that Redgate tries to interact with them or, uh, or expects to be bought by them? How, how does that work? Yeah, so often case the database is already in place um, and uh, customers are trying to maintain them. They've, they've probably grown over time. I mean, the data has exploded, so they're probably housing even more data. It's becoming more complex. There may have been more regulations introduced around how they can um, manage that data. So for instance, if um, during a development process, you want to make a change to a database, but you also have personally identifiable information in that database. You have to be really careful about how you release that into development teams because that should be sanitized and protected so that mm -hmm. um, people within that development team can't actually see um, personally identifiable data. So uh, regulation and the growth of data has really driven the need, um, but it, it can that our solutions actually um, are, are applying to databases that are already in existence. They're just evolving all the time. So uh, I want to explore a little bit more about the strategy, about your segments, and then I'm going to ask about the sort of strategies that you use to, to reach those segments. Obviously, you work with some very large companies, and you mentioned some specific sectors. Do you specifically target sectors like pharmaceuticals, or is, it, or is that not how you segment the market? Um, we do to a certain extent. So there are a few different strategies that we deploy depending on who we're trying to reach, depending on what stage they're in their, in their customer journey or their buying cycle. Um, so when we think about the, the, the targeting specific accounts, um, that's typically further down the funnel for us. And uh, in that case, we might be using a strategy like accounts-based marketing where we've clearly identified we have an ideal customer profile as in the customers that most typically spend more with us are those in those verticals that I described, those larger companies. So we would invest a specific resource um, through sales and marketing, working really closely together to identify who those accounts are and to try and reach um, the larger buying group within that account. Because B2B buying is, is so complex. Um, it's got getting more and more complex. The average B2B software purchase now um, has about six to 10 decision makers, according to research. So in those cases, we will have identified perhaps an account that we think could benefit from our solutions. Um, we would be thinking about who within that account should we be speaking with. It's not just going to be the end users, it's going to be those other people that are going to be part of that decision making process. So perhaps it's IT managers, it might even be stakeholders in purchasing departments, uh, sometimes even the C-suite that needs to be brought in. So when we're selling into those kind of larger organizations, uh, larger deals, team-based purchases, we're going to apply a more personalized approach and um, we're going to be targeting them very closely. Um, but that's not, um, we don't jump straight into accounts-based marketing, if that makes sense, because um, we have sort of other strategies that we deploy much earlier on in the, in the funnel. Great, thank you. So shall we, shall we talk about those other strategies that, that you employ? 
Yeah, of course. I think for us um, at the top of the funnel, we very much take a content and community driven approach to our marketing. Um, we've always believed that to build our brand presence and our reputation, it's really important for us to deliver a service or deliver something that's of value uh, to people within the community. Um, so one of the ways that we've done that is by creating educational content and maintaining technical or community publications that offer a trusted resource for database professionals that are simply looking for answers to technical questions or they're wanting to learn and develop new skills and, and progress their own careers. Um, Simple Talk, our technical journals are a really great example of that. Yes, Simple Talk is actually is 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 genuinely fascinating. Um, so can we talk a little bit about where the technical journal came about? Because the fact that you are a technical company and you produce a technical journal that's called Simple Talk, I find absolutely fascinating. So how how did that come about? Well, actually, um, the, the name is quite um, uh, relevant to sort of Redgate's philosophy, I suppose. One of our values is around um, ingeniously simple. So I've talked about how databases themselves can be really complex um, systems. And what we're trying to do is trying to make uh, life easier for the database teams developing on them. We have a, so we have a value around ingeniously simple because we want to be able to make complex problems simple to solve. And that's how we approach Simple Talk. We want to sort of help people to understand technical concepts um, through great sort of learning articles and things like that. And it's really just evolved over time. And um, what we do is at Redgate is we, we sponsor it, we employ an editor for it, um, but we have a community of authors and writers that will submit articles um, for review and publication on the site. So. Um, over time, it's just really, really grown and become a really valued service to people in the community that are working on different types of databases or doing different types of development. And um, and we, it's really important to us that it retains that editorial independence. So while, as I say, we, we own it, um, it's housed on the Redgate site, the editor is a Redgate employee, but you'll rarely find content about Redgate tools on there because uh, it's just not the place for product marketing. It's For us, it's a resource for our community. I find that very interesting because what you're doing is is thought leadership, which is they, we talk about this a lot within marketing that companies should be looking to be the experts and looking to do thought leadership. And then somewhere along the line, the company seems to get cold feet and think that means I've got to keep plugging my products. Mm -hmm. So I'm really interested that you've managed to have simple talk and keep it editorial independent and manage to keep plugging of the company out of it. Is is that a battle or is that something that is just completely understood? I think as a product marketer, you're always going to want to use this fantastic channel um, for reaching the audience to talk about your products. Mm. But um, we've always recognized that that's just going to turn people off straight away. Um, mm. Nobody wants to have that kind of um, I can't think of the right word, but it's, it's kind of in your face marketing, mm. isn't it? It's nobody wants to have drilled into them. If you want to solve this problem, you have to purchase this product. Um, what we want to do is say, if you want, if you need to solve a problem, there are multiple different ways that you might choose to do this. Um, because not everyone's going to have the budget, for instance, to purchase a product, or mm -hmm. they might not be um, ready to actually go down that path. They might just be trying to solve the problem in a different way. Um, so we're trying to keep it open in the sense that um, there are different ways to solve the problem. One of them could be uh, Redgate, but you you know you'll you'll know to come to us when you're ready because we're building that trust and that 
credibility as a sort of an authority, I guess, on how to solve these problems in different ways. Yes, I think it is. It's a great example of a company actually doing this sort of thought leadership work. And as I said, there's always a slight tension, as as you said, product managers always sort of want to get their product in there. Understandably, um, the other thing you do is you 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 have a whole section talking about um, on on the website talking about sort of learning. And in fact, you you talk about university. Um, and I thought you were sponsoring people at university. We are mm-hmm. you are based in Cambridge, but no, it is your your sort of training courses and. Um, and help and support. That's right. And that's really sort of much further down the funnel when somebody is using a Redgate product um, and they want to know how to use that more effectively or how to get more value from it. At that point, um, our university is really about uh, product learning and education. So where a simple talk is all about um, technical education, understanding how to solve those broader problems in different ways, um, further down the funnel, once a customer has purchased from us, uh, we want to make sure that they're getting value um, from the products that they've um, bought. Um, and some of that um, may be through sort of, you know, post-purchase email tracks guiding them through setup. But once they're up and running, there will be additional features within our products that we want to make sure that they understand, that they know how to use, that they're getting most value from. And so through our university, we create things like educational um, videos and training um, from either delivered by our solution engineers or by delivered by our um, advocates who are experts in the world of database development. And that's really to help guide customers through getting more out of the products that they own. And that's re- as important to us as, as the earlier on in the funnel, um, brand building, reputation, acquisition of new customers. It's as important to us that we retain those customers and keep them happy. And if they are getting value from their products, of course, they're more likely to purchase from us again and they're more likely to even think about expanding their footprint with Redgate and looking at our other solutions as well. So it's a it's a win for the customer because they get more value from the product and it's hopefully a win for us because they'll they'll choose to stay with us. Thank you. I've sort of slightly jumped you around the funnel. So can we sort of talk through some of the other stages within within the funnel? Sure. So I think for us it's really um it's that top of the funnel, uh, how do we build our brand presence and reputation um by being that trusted um, resource for solving uh, technical challenges and educational content. That then um, obviously is going to sort of lead customers, potential customers to us um, at some point, we hope. That community-driven approach doesn't just stop at um, technical content online. A few years ago, we also acquired the assets to a community conference called um, Pass Summit which is a large annual conference attended by the database professionals we work with. We're keeping that going now as a great resource for the community um, because they can come together annually to hear from expert speakers, network with peers. And and, um, at that point, we then also get to engage with that audience and ultimately showcase our products too. So you can see we're sort of moving down from that broader conversation into actually, well, this is Redgate, this is who we are, and this is how we can help. Um, at that point in time, it's, of course, really important that we've got the right um, positioning and messaging and narrative. So that's where our product marketing comes in, talking about our actual um, solutions and, and how they can help solve customer challenges. And then we get into that once we've um, identified that demand, um, we've, we've matched a customer need with one of our products or solutions. We're then thinking about how we work really, really closely with our, our sales teams 
to convert demand. And often that comes into um, play through that accounts-based marketing approach that I've talked about. And then once a customer has purchased, it's really about how do we make sure that um, they're getting value and that we onboard them and retain them. Thank you. That was that was very clear. Now, the one thing we haven't really talked about is the is the red great brand itself and how it how it came about. Um, so Redgate is um, is red, funnily enough, um, on, on the website. And you you work very hard to have this community feel around the brand. You also used to publish a, um, a Redgate culture um, guide. Um, so the the culture and the brand all seem to come together at Redgate. Can we can we talk a little bit about that? Sure. I think um, we have a really strong culture at Redgate, and I think that's something that our um, original founders were very clear on from the very beginning when they set up Redgate. Um, and interestingly, it's called Redgate because they because uh, there's a connection back to a street in Italy, um, which was was named um, Porto Rosso, I believe, which is all about is where the Redgate um, came from, and they wanted to create the kind of company that they would want to work in. So it wasn't just about we have a great idea and we have a problem that we think we can solve for um, a, a group of IT professionals. It was also about how do we actually create the kind of company that um, that we would want to work in. So um, they always worked incredibly hard to build a culture that they could be proud of. And they've worked incredibly hard over the years to maintain that. And it's about um, a number of different things. Uh, firstly, we've talked a lot about customers today. We have a value um, that when our customers succeed, so do we. So that's absolutely fundamental to us. Uh, we believe really strongly in uh, with that we do our best work in teams. Um, and we believe that we should um, retain a level of um, transparency and that we should, um, you know, collaborate effectively across different parts of the business. There's all these different things that can become part of the Redgate culture. And I think that that is represented through our brand because we've always tried to be um, accessible to our audience. We've always tried to, to give our um, potential customers a, a sort of sneak preview inside or a look inside uh, Redgate and, and give them access to our, our developers, our engineers, um, and have a sort of tone of voice that uh, shows that we are we're accessible, we're friendly, we're here to help. And I think that um, comes through both in the way that we we preserve our culture internally, but also the way that we market too. Yes, you you have a lot of blog posts that sort of open. You have the the day in the life of a, I've just opened up the product marketing manager or the regional marketing manager. There's there's a lot of sort of background information about what it's like to work at Redgate. Yeah, and we have um, uh, informal Redgate sort of employee advocates that 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 talk quite openly um, on places like LinkedIn or in blogs about the culture here because they're proud to be Redgaters. And I think when I first um, joined the company about eight years ago, um, that was really apparent to me that people loved working in the company and people were really proud to be part of this company. But they're also proud about the um, the impact that they had on customers and. The first time I attended um, Past Summit, the conference that I talked about that we now own, um, I was walking through a conference hall with a Redgate t-shirt on and a customer came up to me and said, I love Redgate. You've just helped me so much, you, you know, improve my ability to develop my databases day to day. It's absolutely essential to me. And that makes you proud because you know mm. that you're delivering something of value to a customer, but you also um, believe in what the, the company is doing. 
and genuinely believe it's a great place to work. So all those things come together, I think, and I help. I think that also helps to build trust with our audience because we're not hiding behind a big corporate wall. We are um, we're open and accessible. Kate Duggan, Chief Marketing Officer at Redgate. Thank you so much for your time this morning and for talking us through um, an un a slightly more unusual part of branding. It's not always, uh, we don't always think about B2B companies as having very strong brands and very strong cultures, but you're, you're, you've explained very clearly how that comes through the, the work that you do. So thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure talking to you today. The Cambridge Marketing Podcast from Cambridge Marketing College, training marketing and PR professionals across the globe.